0: Why have you split families? We may
1: have to go leave the country that he was born into because immigration is so messed up here.
0: My four-year-old daughter told her brother that she believes that daddy is dead. So, you know, hearing that is not, it's not easy for a father to hear that. Please give your attention to be reunited with this. Our families, I'm talking about all of these
1: mothers. Who looked there, children?
0: the human toll from our immigration system.
1: When COVID hit last year and the borders slammed shut, Immigration New Zealand also shut down residency applications, leaving 10,000 skilled migrants in the queue. The government is tightening the tap on immigration with fewer work visas expected to be issued in low skilled employment areas. The immigration reset is currently being announced in a speech to industry stakeholders
0: who rely on overseas workers. Immigration authorities are going to wipe out up to 50,000 visa applications. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and today on The Detail, who's locked out of New Zealand, who's allowed in and who's allowed to stay? Radio New Zealand's immigration reporter Jill Bonnet tells us if there is any good news for migrants from the new border announcement last week and the fine line between
1: stopping COVID and having compassion. That's a tide of human misery really when you think about it, when you think about what that means to each individual family everything with covid is chaotic isn't it um but immigration was already pretty complex and disorderly and yeah and so covid was that extra curveball that nobody really could cope with
0: immigration new zealand cancelled 50000 temporary visas last month which included people waiting to join their new zealand partners it also isn't currently processing any applications for anyone overseas there are some special exceptions, and we'll come back to them later in the episode. But as it stands, for many, it's a heartbreaking split from their families and loved ones. In June, the government did extend certain visas for workers already here. 10,000 working holiday and supplementary seasonal employment work visas will be extended for another six
1: months. The issue, though, is kind of those who want to stay... And those who want to stay on for a long time, so those that want to become residents, they're now having to go through a series of work visas, wait for an announcement about extensions to work visas and not being able to get any uh, clarity about the situation with residents. What are some of the stories that you've heard Immigration is such a gnarly subject. I mean, there's so many possibilities of things, you know, in people's lives that can be dependent on you needing a residence visa. Typically, people will say that they haven't been able to buy a house. Um, And obviously, the law changed so that if you were on a temporary visa, you wouldn't be able to buy a house. Some of the other difficulties that it's thrown up is if you're a parent with children and they are under a certain age, they're on your residence application, if you don't get your visa in time, you have to pay international fees at university. You can't get a work visa. Some kids have just been like, kind of sitting around the house, not really being able to do anything or resetting their final year. People saying I'm not smart. I have to
0: do this again because I wasn't good enough, you know. And that's not true. I had to go back because of my visa.
1: At the other end of the age range, the maximum age for getting residence, people are now finding themselves in a situation where if their application isn't seen soon they will have surpassed that age and you know things like not being able to leave the country if a a family member dies I hear that very frequently if somebody's very ill they know they won't be able to get back into the country because they're on a temporary visa they know that their residence application won't be looked at if, if they stay overseas because anybody who's overseas at the moment their applications aren't being processed. And I've also heard from people who have, you know, nonetheless had to bite the bullet and go home and, you know, because their, their parents have, have been dying and um, and now are looking back at New Zealand thinking, you know, will they ever get that dream back again? You know, the number of years that they'd put into working here and the, the skills that they had here and um, the lives that they'd built here.
0: You know, a lot of these people we're talking about are people who have skills New Zealand really needs. Shortages for, for nurses, for doctors and, and that kind of thing. New Zealand's at risk of losing much-needed migrant healthcare workers threatening to leave because their residency applications are on ice. More than a 1,000 registered doctors and nurses are stuck on the immigration queue. Is there that sentiment from those people that the government has used and abused them?
1: Yeah, there's definitely that sentiment that the they felt that they were invited into the country because they were needed, especially, as you say, when it comes to people like doctors and nurses during the pandemic. And they know that their skills are needed. Their employers are crying out for them. There's a lot of wage inflation in certain sectors like IT because one company is like offering more to the to somebody who's just been taken on at one company. So a lot of turnover, um, a, a lot of talk about how businesses are, are really finding it hard in terms of managing with just the number of migrants that happen to be in the country now. And some are, are actually leaving the country because they... They do have skills that can be used elsewhere and they don't want that level of uncertainty. They don't have a time when they'll know the answer to their question and they finally just decide to pull the plug and and go. By
0: far the largest group of people
1: waiting for residency is the skilled migrants category. The residence issue is pretty thorny because now there's kind of two queues for residents. There's the queue, there's like a queue for the queue, you have the exp- what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so the expression of interest um, is the way that you start off your application or before you put in an application, I should say, for residents. So-, so do
0: you have to ex- do the expression of interest before?
1: That's right. For a skilled okay. migrant category um, application, you have to put in an expression of interest and um, then a certain number of them are pulled from the or were pulled from the ballot every fortnight, and then you were able to apply. Um, but How many are
0: pulled from the ballot?
1: About eight hundred every fortnight, something like that. Uh, but this was the case up until COVID struck, and then they suspended the ballot. So, ever since then, those numbers have been building up. There are about 10,000 people now. So, those are people who haven't been able to apply for residence. And in the normal run of things, there are two residence application kind of streams within skilled migrants the priority and the non priority. That's been the case for the last two or three years, anyway. And so, the top priority ones. You would think maybe teachers and doctors and nurses and engineers and people like that, they will have their application typically looked at within two weeks or a month of them putting it in. And so they now find themselves, that group of kind of people that you might think of as like highly skilled migrants, they find themselves now in the queue for the queue. So those people who are in the haven't been able to put their expression or haven't been able to have their expression of interest pulled out of the ballot. Yeah. They are just languishing there. Coupled with that, other people who are in the non-priority um, queue, uh, who therefore have put their residence application in, they did it before COVID struck, but with a two-year wait for to get their um, the answer on their residence application. They've been on this series of work visas, so they're in a very kind of transient, temporary state.
0: How many people are we talking about here who are obviously currently in New Zealand and and just waiting for news
1: about their residency status? So, as I say, for the expressions of interest stage, where they haven't got to the stage of applying yet, but, you know, that's about 10,000 people. There are, of course, those people who've decided not to put an expression of interest in waiting for it to reopen, so that must be thousands more. And then the people who've actually applied for residence, there are about 30,000 of those waiting Up to two years if they're in the non-priority queue is the current time frame.
0: That just seems like so much uncertainty for quite a large
1: number of people. That's a tide of human misery, really, when you think about it, when you think about what that means to each individual family.
0: And that's just the skilled migrants pathway to residency. There are thousands more residency
1: applications to be processed within residence there's so many different streams to it that if you were to speed up the skilled migrants then they would have to maybe not be processing partnership visas or the investor visas they all go into the same pot that is residence.
0: Why has it been taking so long for these applications to be processed?
1: I think immigration in New Zealand has a part to play in it but you have to remember that they are working to the government's targets and the government sets numbers of how many residents it wants. And that was reduced by the last national government and then reduced in the last parliamentary term. And, to what number? Um, so that's between fifty and 60,000 people over an 18-month term. And in both of the last 18-month terms, this one's just finished that number has been at the very minimum of the fifty to 60,000 band, So 100,000 people um, have been given residence. So Immigration New Zealand can only allow that number of people in. And residents don't just include skilled migrants, they include partners and the other categories as well. So they, they might be caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of um, how many they, they are resourced to process. It's fair to say that their processing difficulties overall are well documented, and that um, the offices that were dealing with them have had some efficiency problems. They've they went through a, a restructure. Redundancy payouts to staff during a restructure at Immigration New Zealand cost taxpayers almost $8 million and resulted in only half of the promised savings. Immigration New Zealand set for another shakeup, hot on the heels of a restructure which left visa processing in disarray that was difficult and that maybe didn't come up with the outcome that they expected, partly because the forecasts of um, migrants at that time were also out of kilter. So it's kind of so many different factors that are in there. But if you're just, just looking at the residence figures, um, Immigration New Zealand is, is, is approving as many residence applications as the government has asked them to do.
0: Why not just have you know, a, a general amnesty and just say, Whoever's already in the country, you can stay. I mean, we're not going to be opening up to a lot of countries even next year.
1: That's true. And there was a think tank that put out a report um, suggesting that rather than these kind of six-month visa extensions, which don't really give people much of a chance to plan and, and have that certainty, that even if the government was just able to say that for two years... People would be able to stay. And I know that the, there are certainly calls for a general amnesty, you know, to give residents. In fact, there have been a few petitions to that end, and certainly some amount of support in Parliament from some parties about that stance.
0: Specifically the Green Party as well,
1: right? That's right, yeah. Green Party's been quite vocal in saying that we need to treat migrants better and, and give them that kind of sense that we want them here because it's one thing, it's, it's hard enough to attract people to come here, or it can be, you know, depending on their skill level, um, but to have gone to all that trouble and then have them leave and then you just need to kind of attract even more obviously much more sensible and efficient to just keep the ones who are here happy and and have them stay.
0: But the government's not keen on the,
1: that idea? Well, it's difficult to know, to be honest. Well, an immigration reset is on its way. The government's asked the Productivity Commission to review our immigration settings as it wants to move away from low-skilled uh, to high-skilled migrants. Within the immigration reset, um, I think that um, it's fair to say that that there are skill shortages that um, immigration will still continue to meet. But there is also that feeling that we have been using too many immigrants or, yeah, that there's been too high an immigration rate. I don't know if we know if the reset has already happened, is happening at the moment or is happening in the future. (laughs) I feel like COVID reset everything. Um, And maybe that's what they mean by it, that the border closure just means that when we reopen, we all have had a chance to pause and think whether we want to go back to those levels. It might just be that it might be that they want to rethink the residence program, that they're not so worried about how many temporary migrants are here, but that they're worried that they haven't set the bar high enough for residents and that therefore too many people were applying they were only comfortable with a certain number of residents and therefore they've got to set some different criteria so that they only get you know the absolute creme de la creme the work that's being um done by the productivity commission i think is meant to come back in march or april next year um and that so is that's the review that's the piece of work that will look at will look at residents the kind of end game in terms of what the, the the government's waiting for, but in the meantime, it has to deal with real life. The government's unveiled a plan it says we will see the border reopen to some countries under some conditions sometime next year. The plan includes a new approach to letting in travellers with a trial allowing some to self-isolate at home rather than in a managed isolation hotel.
0: Was there anything in there for people who are waiting on news from Immigration New Zealand.
1: I suppose the most recent announcement um, helps, Im- helps migrants in as much as they can have some hope that, the situation with managed isolation might be freed up and obviously that's the main bottleneck for immigration at the moment or for for the border rather in terms of being able to get people into the country and if there were new zealanders who weren't having to um go into managed isolation or at least maybe with a shortened time frame or self quarantining at home as the prime minister, prime minister suggested that might eventually mean that the criteria would be eased in terms of the number of um, migrants the types of migrants that might be able to come in so some news and also for those split families of course who are still um, still trying to find a way into the country to be reunited
0: it seems a bit like grasping at straws though
1: there wasn't much in there in terms of um, anything concrete for, for migrants. But then, of course, if you've got 4,000 spaces um, every fortnight, so 8,000 a month, that doesn't give a lot of scope for anybody other than New Zealanders. And the government's got quite a program of people that it it also needs to to bring in. So it set aside 10% of that number of uh, MIQ places for critical workers for, for overseas people um, since January. And so you're looking at about 800 um, non-New Zealanders coming through. Jill says good news for migrants is closely linked to MIQ. If uh, managed isolation had had filled their rooms in July, August, September, October last year, if there was a, like maybe a better system where that you could get in um, higher numbers through the same system that that somehow there'd be um yeah you you wouldn't be able to solve the entire problem but you would you'd be able to make a bigger dent in it. So just
0: who is allowed into the country then? Cabinet has made the decision to work to open up one way quarantine free travel to New Zealand from Samoa, Tonga and Vanuatu for RSC workers without having to use the MIQ system. While there may not be travel from all three immediately, we're working
1: towards this opening up in September.
0: Other temporary visas include those for critical workers, foreigners working on things like big infrastructure projects or Antarctic research. The families of some health workers and teachers can come into the country, but most others have failed to meet the tough humanitarian criteria. There are still temporary visas for overseas partners, But depending on which country you come from, there's a different process. And if you want to get residence and you are overseas, well, the only option currently is to have millions of dollars to invest here.
1: How fascinating are these revelations about the story of Larry Page, who's the sixth uh, richest man in the world, and how he got into New Zealand. So it turns out, this guy, by the way, is a Google co-founder, and it turns out he's a New Zealand resident. He'd already got his uh, application in uh, for residence under the Investor Plus category in November and his- November last year? Yeah, and and his child became ill and therefore needed to be evacuated um, to get medical treatment in New Zealand. Now, Immigration New Zealand have been encouraging people to apply for it, the Investor category visas particularly during the pandemic, knowing that we're an attractive destination and trying to capitalise on that. There's been a lot of work um, within the uh, trade and investment sector of MB to get those people in while they're still interested. But we've not been granting people residence applications if they're overseas, as I was saying before, no overseas um, applications being processed. Um, But what they have been doing is, with the investor uh, visas, is processing them as much as they could up to the point of... so that they would be ready for when the borders reopened or when there was an exemption allowed. And so when Larry Page was in the country with his child, that meant at that point that his visa could be finalised and I think that's what's happened. That At that point, he um, became eligible for the application, which for the visa rather, that had been all but finished in time for him to uh, come and get it, was it February?
0: Was there a lot of backlash over that?
1: I think there's two very different trains, trains of thought within New Zealand from what I can gather about the investor visas and about Larry Page in particular, I suppose. And I think that might explain a little bit why the government's been quite coy about its policy. It wasn't trumpeted to begin with. RNZ found out about it. And and then um, at the same time that they were announcing the immigration reset, they, they did at that point say, yes, 200 investors um, are going to be allowed in. Now, this was, what, May this year, so after Larry Page. Um, but they, they said, yes, now we will will allow these um, people to come in through managed isolation and give them the chance to do the work that they need to, to put their investment into, into action and um, to fulfil the criteria which will uh, eventually lead to their permanent residence. So I think, to go back to what I was saying, there's two trains of thought about it. There's those who people who think that, you know, we should totally capitalise on the fact that we've got this fantastic kudos as a covid free country and, or, you know, virtually COVID free country um, and get those people in and um, make sure that, you know, entrepreneurs, startups, all those kinds of things that the the money that can come in. And I think Jacinda Ardern's said a few times that she's not in the business of having people buy their passport. But of course, when you have residents, you're 99% of on your way to being a citizen after that point you know unless you commit an offence and you're deported you've spent five years in the country you've had your residence rather for five years and you are a citizen and then on the other hand there are people who are queuing at the border and who just must have their hands heads in their hands when they see that happen that if you've got enough money you can um, come in yeah yeah That's all for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The Detail is public
0: interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom and RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. And if you want to get in touch, email us at thedetail at rnz.co.nz. Blair Stagpole engineered this episode, Alexia Russell and Mark Jennings produced it, and thanks to Jill Bonnet. Ka kite anō.